Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. Billy Graham once said that the next great move of God, he believed, would be among Christians in the marketplace. We believe that too. We want to be a part of it, and we want to help equip and inspire you to do the same. So please follow us on socials at Expert Ownership. If you haven't been to our website yet, check it out, expertownership.com. But we are excited about what God is going to speak through us to you today. Here we go. Welcome back to Expert Ownership. Today we're going to be talking about marketing. That you know nothing about marketing, Larry Hubeck. I know nothing about marketing. It's actually a really boring <laughs> intro when you say, today we're going to talk about marketing. Oh, but it's important. I mean, it this is. we've asked a lot of business owners, and we know that when it comes to the number one thing that you want help with in your business right now, marketing is typically either number one or number two. I want to ask you a question, Larry. I'm going to hijack this whole thing and become the host now. Do it. When Simon Cowell came to your agency, you were the general manager and partner, and you pitched him... The idea of, you know... You didn't actually do the pitch. Everything that you could do. I did not. Somebody on your team. Everything that your agency could do. And then you guys delivered. What were some of the golden nuggets? Because now, of course, now we know X Factor, American Idol. We see it all in hindsight. But there were some golden marketing nuggets you guys gave him. Can you give us some of the secrets? Yeah, I mean, the nuggets in this particular instance were based around the fact that he was bringing a show to the U.S., the X Factor. Yeah. He'd never been in the US before, but it was wildly successful in the UK. And he said, I have a show and I think the show can work here, but I only know how to distribute it on linear TV. So I'm going to broadcast this an hour a week like you do on network TV and people are going to watch it and they're going to love it. But we think there's a lot more here. We think that there could be a whole digital audience, a whole world of people who like to watch on social media and like to watch online. If we built a digital audience and monetized that audience, we think we could maybe like 2X, 3X, 4X what this IP does in the marketplace. So that was the real challenge. So when you start talking about what kind of nuggets did you bring to the table, the nuggets weren't like best practices. They were things built around marketing that were really creative problem solving if you if you boiled it yeah, down. Yeah. It was, can you identify what's going on and then can you creatively connect these dots, which is effectively what marketing is. That's exactly right. right. So we're right. trying to figure out what dots, what data points, what elements or factors are in play here and... If we're going to market these things, we're going to tell that story creatively. We're going to distribute that story. We're going to exchange value for what's going on in that story. And people are going to say, oh, that's interesting. So the X Factor as a show, awesome. The X Factor as a little snippet, a 45-second interview with the contestant behind the scenes distributed over social media, that's new. And at the time, this was almost 10 years ago, Yeah, yeah. that hadn't been done, at least not at that scale. And so all of a sudden now, you've got these major brands or this show, this IP, that was already proven, but now it was repackaged and represented and the experience people were having felt a little different. And so the marketing around this was, how do we help people understand that this is available to them, experience it in a new way? And that was really kind of the crux mm. of what marketing did for that particular uh, I like engagement. That. I like it. Wow. I'm out of my league there. And you know what? I think a lot of entrepreneurs, though, would say, unless they're digital natives and they're digital entrepreneurs, but I would say for the rest of us, let's say maybe that's 75% of us out there that are just out there trying to build and grow our business, marketing is a little bit intimidating, right? We just don't don't feel really comfortable with it and would rather just outsource it. So it would be good for you to give us... You know, some of the some of the basics. But even then when we outsource it, it's ten grand a month, fifteen grand a month, twenty grand a month. 
How do we bootstrap it a That's little right. bit? And how do you know if it's actually working? So marketing is one That's of those great. things that generally gets cut first. So it gets funded last and cut first when you're building your budget. Most of the time, because people like to walk away from the things that they don't either feel comfortable or confident operating within. So when you think about marketing, it definitely falls in this like Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, Quadrant Two space, which is really important, but not very urgent. Yeah. So if you don't spend time focusing on marketing, you can actually survive. Your business will be just fine today and probably tomorrow and probably in a few months. But six months down the road, all of a sudden you're going to discover, oh boy, mm. we're kind of in the same place we were six months ago. Yep. We survived, but we're not growing. And if your business is not growing, I'm not sure that's the life that you set out to live. That's right. I think mm-hmm. you're hoping this thing would, would improve. We would be up and to the right over time. Yes. So marketing helps you do that. The problem with people not knowing what to do next and why they cut it is they feel like, well, I can't quite see what the results are. So I don't know if it's working. And if I don't know if it's working, it's probably okay to be cut, Yeah, which is a bit of a problem. So let's think of it this way. When you start going into marketing in general, you have to think through the relationship that people have either with your brand or your product or your company. And if you think of that relationship in the same way that you would think of a relationship you might have with another person, it'll help create some context for the way that marketing works best. Mm. So I, think, I love this. When you shared this with me a couple of years ago, I thought it was fantastic. You know, I got this from a guy named Neil Gurney. He used to be an executive at Saatchi. And you know, Saatchi's like a, you know, Mad Men kind of agency. Started, I think, maybe in like the early 70s. So technically right after Mad Men. But, you know, a major New yeah. York, Madison Avenue kind of agency. And he was the COO there years ago. And he said, man, I got to make sure that you understand this principle. And he came in and did a teaching for our team. And he said exactly what I'm about to say. So thank you, Neil Gurney, for this. He said, people have a relationship with brands in the same way they have relationships with people. So if you think of what that progression is, you're typically talking about an introduction, then there's some sort of dating phase, and you might commit to each other, and then eventually get married. Intro, dating, commitment, marriage. As a brand, if you think through, man, I would love to create that so that somebody's experience with me feels like it follows that same trajectory. Well, you can be pretty successful. You just have to understand the different dynamics of each of those steps. So an intro can be anything, right? It can be an email that you get, social media that you get. It can be an event that's hosted. Somebody referred you and a friend. So at some point, you know, by the way, when I read through Miracle in Shreveport, mm-hmm. and I think about the moment where, Jason, you started playing with David at the end, and that happened because of a referral. Because you said, ah, that's a good uh, point. Hey, coach, uh, I got somebody that I think could play. Yeah, well, that's a good point. that's half the time how your brand gets introduced to somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you, you owe me, Jason. I do. Big time. If you study the data, the actual science behind this, still the best way to introduce somebody to a new brand is a referral from a trusted source. Yeah. So this is mm-hmm. why influencer marketing is so hot right now, so popular, because people are like, oh my gosh, if you like it, I like you, I trust you. If you tell me what to do, I'm going to follow you along the, way, along the path here to this new brand. So regardless of what happens, there's an introduction to the brand. After the introduction, this dating phase, this next phase is the place that most people live for a long time. And some people for way too long, some people for just a minute, but most of the time it's a long time. And what we're trying to do is help people get to know you. So in the dating phase in a relationship, when David, you met Lori, Yep. tell me a little bit about the dating phase here. What happened? Okay. I met her. I saw her in college six weeks in and I saw her walking in the cafeteria and I was like, whoa. And my buddy, his name was Brent playing on the baseball team. I was sitting with the baseball team. He's like, oh, you can't touch her. She's that's model Lori. I was like, model Lori, what What are you talking about? And he's like, oh man, she's the model on campus. I was like, okay, yeah. Game on. That's where I'm going. Anyway, and I got a referral from a, uh, a soccer player that I knew. They were talking, and this soccer player's name was Ruthie, and Ruthie goes, hey, David, come meet Lori. 
And I was like, yes. And that was it. She chased me around four years. She wanted to make out from day one. Jason, talk you to were me. there. I was. Please explain. Please validate. True or not true? The reason I can say it's true is because I decided not to turn on my charm. Because had I intended on pursuing, then it would have been a completely different story for David. So you're saying you let David. I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's typically the way it was. I'm only teasing. My, my wife's going to kill me if she's listening to this. She did not want to make out with me from day one. I wanted to make out with her from day one, but whatever. Okay, and so we go we into lost, the phases. We lost a tournament game against, a, a conference game against Radford University. Okay. Big South uh, Conference. Oh, it was bad. We lost, I forget if it was on night one or if it was on day two, but we lost the game. There's no reason we should have lost the game. So the guys all got together and said, somebody did something. Like somebody had to have done something that kind of messed up our mojo. And David came forward and actually confessed that he had kissed Lori in the dugout the night before. <laughs> and that's why we lost the game. <laughs> she wanted to go to the dugout. Whatever. I mean, hey, bad boy. You had a responsibility to I did. for us, your future. That's wife. exactly right. right. I appreciate that. Yeah, but we okay. lost the game. Larry. Okay. So, okay. Back to you, Larry. So, dating. Yeah. The dating, dating phase, done. right? There's an introduction that was made. You got a referral from somebody get into this dating phase and brands generally they underestimate what this dating phase should be like and what the experience should be so again go straight back to a relationship this is the easiest advice to follow if you're a brand and you're trying to figure out what kind of a relationship do i want to build with our audience or our customers just say if i were actually dating a person so for example when i was dating my wife what did she want she wanted to feel pursued she wanted to feel known she wanted to feel like i understood her so i'm saying empathy mm. credibility making sure that she felt like oh got it he actually is interested. He knows the world that I live in. He understands the people that I have a relationship with. When you're in the dating phase as a brand or as a company, you communicating not just, hey, look how amazing I am, because I'm guessing that for Lori, for David, or Tori, for Jason, that's correct, Lori, you got Tori, right. they were not just thinking, you know what would be so cool? Is if these guys would just tell us how awesome they are. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> point. That's a very good point. But that's what brands do all the time. Brands will sit around and they'll be like, I'm going to tell them some amazing things. Kind of like when you walk into somebody's office and you're like, look at all those certificates on the wall behind you and all those degrees and all those diplomas. I don't need to see that. You need me to see that. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's not necessarily always. I mean, sometimes it is because you're like, if I go see a doctor, I would like to know you are actually a doctor. Mm -hmm. You yes, don't just play yes. one on TV. Yes. But generally speaking, that's really about you, the doctor. For the brand, when you build your website and the first thing on the website says, look at how awesome I am. Mm. Well, that's okay. It does contribute. It does help a little bit because it, again, builds some credibility. But this is about how I help this person in the dating phase get to know me. So cool, a little bit of information. But I think you also want them to know about you that you're thoughtful, you're kind, you take an interest in people, you ask good questions, you have feelings. So all of those things in the dating phase are really important. The dating phase can last for a really long time with some people. For others, it lasts for like two weeks. I mean, mm. We were just talking the other day about a friend of ours who met his wife online. The first time they met, they got married. What? Yeah. yeah. David Hughes? Uh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. They they got married literally the first time they met. Or they, I think maybe they no, got they engaged met. No, they the met. first time they met. They met. He was he proposed to her within a day. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they were married in like gotcha. four weeks. It's a little different story, though. Later. And they're yes. happily married. It, this wasn't like a Vegas wedding. No, no it was not a Vegas no, wedding. No, no, no. It was legit. David, forgive me. Yes. <laughs> Hughes. Sorry about that, re that representation. <laughs> so anyways, intro, dating, you get into the dating phase. Some people wait way too long to put a ring on the finger. Others are like, let's get married. Either way, there's a get to know you phase. And the hope is the brand will say, I'm not going to force you to make a decision. What I'm going to do is make sure that when you're ready to make that decision, 
you know exactly what decision to make and how to make it. Mm-hmm. And when you get into the commitment phase, you're saying typically it's an exchange of time or money. And then you get into the marriage phase, which is I'm not only buying your products or services, I tell everybody I know about them. Right. I'm, I'm advocating. I'm a fan. That's right. So that's actually pretty interesting when you think through marketing in the context of a relationship. I hope anybody who's listening to this podcast will say, okay, I can take that and I can actually back into this question. What kind of a relationship do I have with my customers currently? What kind of relationship do I want to have with them ideally? And how could I make those changes? Mm. That's a really big deal. Yeah. So we've got our dream customer. We call him Expert Eric. Yep. And when we think about Expert Eric, we think, what kind of experience do we want Eric to have? And we start thinking about our relationship with him. We start thinking, what does he need from us to feel like we're getting to know each other, that he's buying something? Or what does he need to feel equipped so that when he goes and he's advocating for us, he can say what he needs to say simply and easily? Because we don't need him searching back into his think tank, into his brain, feeling like, oh, man, I got to refer these guys. What am I going to say about them? Make it easy for them. Yes. So hard for people sometimes because they don't think this way. But when you think in terms of a relationship, it becomes a lot easier. So last time we were talking, we were talking a little bit about branding versus marketing yeah. and the difference between the two. And Jason, you said, hey, this was like a major revelation for me. You should yeah. probably share that with the audience. Well, as we were thinking through branding, and, and we talked through it two episodes ago on our podcast, we talked through branding. Branding is about the feeling that your customers have about you. That's right. So branding is about us as a company, right? It's about the feeling that the customer has about us as a business, but marketing is about them and the feelings that they have about themselves, right? right? And my job as a business is to make sure that I'm targeting that. That's right. What they need. Did I say that the right way? Yeah, you did. So in short, and I'm saying the same thing you just said, branding is about how they feel about us. Marketing is often the way that we make them feel about themselves or about others. So think of it this way. I have a, a little cohort that I'm a part of. I head out to Nashville on a monthly basis and I meet with this little group of guys. And the last time I was there, I was chatting with one of the guys who sells peaches and he sells peaches every summer for three months called the peach truck. And he does, uh, you know, very well selling peaches. I, I hadn't even heard about this before I met that guy several months ago. And we got into a conversation a little while ago and we were chatting about what he actually does and literally sells like millions of dollars of peaches. Wow. And uh, instead of just selling peaches, it came up in this conversation. He's like, I'm not selling peaches. I'm selling like the best summer of your life. He's selling uh, this feeling. He's selling this aspiration. Yeah, that's right. It's like, oh yeah, this is really good. So quick quiz. We're going to do a little trivia. I I'm like going to say the brand. Okay. You tell me what you think they're selling. Okay. 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 What Great. you think they're selling yeah. internally or like the, what the ex, what they're actually externally selling? Nope. So you wouldn't say the peach truck is selling Sells peaches. peaches. Okay. You would say the peach what truck is selling. Saying? What are they selling? Best the best summer of your best life. Best yeah. summer of your life. Internal. Okay. Yeah. Okay, ready? So I'll give you the brand and then you tell me what you think they're selling. Is this a race or is it just like... No, okay, no you, can, you can both sound off. Okay. Uh, the brand is... How about McDonald's? Big brand. McDonald's. What's, McDon- what's McDonald's Speed. Selling? Um, get, get full fast. They're selling childhood memories. Pretty good. Both good responses. I would say I think McDonald's is selling togetherness. What? Unity. Because it's fast, it's easy. I don't have to think about what I'm actually purchasing. I can go there and I can get it. And then childhood memories because it's nostalgic. Yeah. You merge all of that together... They market and watch their commercials. You'll see it. They're selling unity, togetherness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. When you yeah. come to McDonald's, it's like a it's a positive, friendly, uniting, consolidating experience. But you know, like and if you missed our last episode on value creation, where we where you looked at the four different phases of creating your avatar, which is demographic, psychographics, behavior, behavior, geography, geography. McDonald's has that. Yes. I mean, all good brands do. They have a particular uh, median income and below. 
that they serve. Chick-fil-A has the exact same thing, but theirs is considerably higher. It's interesting. And that's just the way that they've defined it. So that's, right. that's, that's a little sidelight. But when you're talking marketing, these things are important. That's right. Okay, next brand. What are they actually selling? Apple, as in Apple products. Apple connectivity. Yeah, I, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was just like efficiency. Like, you know, it's going to work. Probably both correct as a part of the larger answer. I would tell you that I think Apple is selling creativity and technology, but packaged in a way that everybody has access to it. Mm. So if you ever pick up your phone or you, we all use Apple products here. If you open up your laptop, you feel like it's kind of slick. Like the design yeah. is nice. It feels good in your hands. Even the packaging, like if you remember oh, opening yeah. any of this stuff, the yeah, box it's, is it's like It's really pretty. good. It's good. And wrapping this into spiritual language, because yes. that's what we're talking about here. While I use Apple products all the time, you have to also recognize that their logo is a symbol of the world that we live in. The apple with a bite out of it, that right. thirst for knowledge. What was the first human sin? It was a thirst for knowledge. That's right. And Apple is reiterating in your subconscious that that thirst for knowledge is a good thing. And it is, but you've also got to recognize that you have a sinful nature and that thirst for knowledge will get you into a lot of bad things if you don't have Jesus and the Holy Spirit inside of you guiding that. So okay. I'm not saying boycott Apple. I yeah. got I got all their products and I think it's, they're the best. It's the Indian, not the Arrow. Okay, yeah. keep going. Last one. I love the second Last one, third brand, Starbucks. Starbucks. What are they actually selling? I have no the idea. The first word that came to my mind is activism, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just the route they've chosen to go lately. But in terms, if I if I kind of block that nonsense out of my mind, warmth. Yeah, like relationship, like relationship building kind of thing. So they are selling for just a minute. You go in and order a drink. I know you two are not Starbucks drinkers, but if you go into Starbucks for about 90 seconds while you're ordering this drink, you get to step into the high life. It's a $6 cup of coffee. And when you say, I'll take a grande, triple shot, restretto, leave a little room, the way you even talk about it lets you live this kind of premium experience for six bucks for about 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so while the coffee, and if you talk to true coffee drinkers, they would say, Starbucks isn't always that good. Especially if you talk to people internationally who drink like Italian coffee or European coffee, they'd be like, no, this isn't good. I don't know. I'm not a coffee drinker. But I do know that the brand is built around we're going to create an experience, a feeling in you, so that for just a minute, you're going to be like, this is what it feels like to be a high roller. Ah. Okay. See, you know what that was like, that little exercise? What's Those that? three things What's that you that? just did to me and Jason. That would be like me saying to my 11-year-old boy, hey, throw this ball as far as you can. And he throws it like 10 yards. And then I'm like, watch this. <laughs> and I throw it 50 <laughs> yards. It's like, hey, guys, tell me what you think about McDonald's. And we yeah. did our dead level. And it best. was good. Jason didn't even know what he was going to say. Whatever he yeah. said was stupid. And then you just are like, guys, here's what they're selling. See, yeah. that's what you did. You threw the ball 50 yards. But see, but the brand is what gets you thinking about, you know, like the whole Starbucks thing. It gets us thinking about what it is. Their marketing is to make sure that I don't ever forget that brand. That's exactly that's right. good. Keep it top of mind so that when they actually want to make a move, when they're ready to make a decision, you know exactly what to do. Yeah. So Starbucks will say, from a marketing standpoint, hey, if you ever want a premium experience, and now they might not say these exact words, but like, I kind of want to go spend six bucks on coffee. Who wants no, to spend no. six bucks on coffee? Not me. It's like a dollar at McDonald's or Dunkin'. I didn't spend that when I was in college and high school, and I had some cash when I got married. <laughs> you need to use that cash to go get you some Invisalign and straighten up those fangs. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> He's a sweet brother. Hey, come on. Let's get to own it or loan it. I'm own excited. It what, loan do, it. what do you got for let's us? Let's wrap it up here. Own it or loan it. TikTok. TikTok. Oh loan it. Gosh. Although, yeah, I, I would you say, probably should own it. Here's the deal. Okay, I'm not going to go on a soapbox. 
these devices that we have, we're the first parents in human history that have had to raise children in this type of world. That's right. They can be toys or tools, right? A TikTok, social media, even just a phone in general can be an incredible tool in the hand of a producer, but it's a terrible toy in the hand of a consumer. Depends on what kind of way you're raising your kids. So I would say if you're a producer, TikTok is a own Own it. it. If you're a consumer, TikTok is a loan it. Loan it. Nice. So it just depends on who you are as a person. It's pretty good. He's like a jerk. that. No, Jason could have never thought through that. He's a jerk. But it's true. He got that. From I'm me. not even on TikTok. And then BrianDixon.com, our influencer strategic advisor, said, David, you, you guys need to hit TikTok real quick on just some social issues. So I did five quick videos, boom, 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 boom. And gosh, they're getting 20,000 views. I'm like, oh. Wow, okay. He's like, look, these kids are all watching this. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. We can produce some good moral stuff that gets kids thinking about Scripture and not to believe the nonsense that they see on other platforms. Then, yeah, we'll use it. We'll own it. Yeah, that's good. Own it. I like it. Hey, don't forget, as we wrap up, if you're not a part of the owner suite, really want to encourage you to participate. It's where you can access most of our brand new broadcasts, our recordings, our live Q&As. Everything that we do, we launch it in owner's suite first. You can visit expertownership.com, figure out how to sign up for that, but join the community of people who are doing the same things you're doing, building businesses, aspiring entrepreneurs. Some of them are wildly successful. Some are just getting started, but figure out what they're doing, learn from it. You can jump on their shoulders, move a lot faster together. All right. On that note, let's wrap up. Don't forget impact over income and uh, getting both wouldn't be that bad either. See you next time. (laughs) 